Welcome back to Faith FM. Yes. That was quick off the mark there, Mon. Yeah. Sneaking in before me. Lyle. Yeah. Can we know the future? Many today are anxious about the future and what it has in store for them and the people they care about. Can anyone really know what the future holds? Of course. Discover an amazing ancient prophecy that accurately reveals the future and how you can prepare for it. I, of course, am reading from the program for the Is God Real? Uh, what is it called? Like a seminar. Series? Yeah, series, seminar. seminar. Yeah. Presentations. It's free. It's happening right now. And it's been amazing. It's you been have incredible. no idea. Uh, the the speaker is Peter Watts, who is an ex ex atheist. Uh, he definitely one of the best speakers I have ever heard. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh la la! It is happening at the Gilliston Community Centre uh, in Gilliston Heights, up in Newcastle. So, if you're in the Newcastle region, Hunter region, anywhere up the central coast, definitely come along. The next one uh, is happening on the 23rd of July, which is tomorrow. Tuesday, tomorrow night. Be there. Starting at 7 p.m. Uh, can we know the future? That is the one that I just read out. Uh, he's going to be covering that topic as well as signs of the times. We're going to be talking about this uh, the next weeks, uh, giving you a little update, a little heads up as to what's coming up, what you shouldn't be missing. It's free. Get along at 7 p.m. at Gilliston Heights Community Centre. Absolutely amazing series of presentations. So make sure you're there. Um, yeah, absolutely. Now, Mon, next um, clue for our quiz. What book am I? This is a quote from this book. If anyone has done you wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. There you go. Who is this person footing the bill for? Yeah, I'd like to. And when, have you know, when you know the story, it was actually a pretty big bill. Yeah, I'd like to have um, someone like that. Just charge it to me. I'd be like, yeah, hand me your credit card. It is time for our Bible study. It is. 20 minute movement coming up right now. I was trying to get all ready for it, getting my Bible out, and then I couldn't find my Bible. And then I realized it's because you've stolen it. That's right. Funny because the Bible, incidentally, is the most stolen book on the face of the earth. Did you know that? Well, it's not hard to imagine it being the most stolen book because it is by far the most popular book on the planet. Yeah. Um, it is never included in the bestseller list because it has never been off the top, and so it's a little bit irrelevant having the Bible up there. Like having um, the Americans at the Olympics. Ha! <laughs> uh, yeah, no, nah, not quite sure that's the same analogy, but anyway. Um, interesting, interesting thought, just the same. Okay, so, uh, Mon. Yeah. Do you like sad movies? No, I super don't. That's good. Why? Because I hate sad movies. Yeah, me too. I mean, every now and then I get tricked into watching a sad movie and it comes in and there was like a sad movie and I'm feeling depressed. Do you ever have to read Romeo and Juliet? So You've you got, go, got to go and uh, watch half hour com- comedy at the Just end to of it to, it um, to, to, <laughs> to for, some, up again. for some brain bleach. Did you, did you ever have to read Romeo and Juliet in high school? No, thankfully. Oh, I was furious. We had The Virgin of Menace. Oh, yeah, that one's not that much better either. I actually really don't like Shakespeare because like, well, they all end bad. Yeah, I <laughs> know. It was interested. like, the guy must have been so depressed. <laughs> he was <a> super depressed. <laughs> but yeah, no, I hated Romeo and Juliet. You get to the end and everyone dies. And I'm like, so what was the point of this? Anyone, please, someone? Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, super not. Interested. I think in the in the in the Merchant of Venice, they doesn't that, doesn't the good guy win out in the end? Doesn't the like the lawyer? Look, I can't remember, I can't remember. exactly how it is. I remember it was supposed to, that story, to be expose on the how humans work or something. Yeah, yeah Shakespeare. Um, <clears throat> I think there are a lot of us who, while we were in school, had wished that he was never born. Yep, pretty much. 
Although we must say that he has contributed a lot to literature and the English language. Yeah, the apparently very the phrase eyeball was, didn't exist until Shakespeare coined it. Do you know what oh. I would like to see? It was just happen? eyes before that, not eyeballs. I don't know. I don't know. But you know how you can pop it out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Ever done that? Funnily enough, no. My eyeballs really like it in their sockets. <laughs> I don't find <laughs> you know, it like funny to, at all. I, I would like to actually see, very normal. I would like to see Shakespeare taken off the um, curriculums in schools and see whether or not it has reverse psychology effects where kids suddenly want to start reading it. Because I loved reading almost anything until it, I had to read it. If you were forcing me to read something. Guaranteed, I wasn't going to be interested. Okay, but when I was in school, and we're sidetracked, I'm going to get back onto the Bible study. I was saying one more statement. When I was in school, we had to read Dickens. Oh, yeah. And I actually really liked Dickens. Okay. Enjoyed it very much. But I think that Shakespeare should be removed from schools and replaced with uh, better 17th century literature, i.e. the KJV Bible. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. Far better quality literature than Shakespeare. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Um, and has had a much greater impact on the world than Shakespeare. So why not, you know, if you're going to go for uh, um, understanding 17th century literature, go for the best. Or 16th, 17th, 17th century. Yeah, whatever. I can't remember. Ye yeah. olden days. That's right, ye olden days. But just for the record, I loved English. I loved English literature. Oh, and I'm holding a KJV Bible in my hand right now, which is awesome. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Isn't that cool? Just the way they write it. It's very poetic. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I love it. Anyway, um, Encounter with God. Okay, sad movies. What about sad songs? you like li- listening to sad songs? Really not. I, re- I, don't, I don't like many ballads. I was just saying this to your wife the other day. I was like, what was I saying? I was like, there's almost no ballads that I like. <laughs> Is a ballad a sad song, is it? Yeah, like a sad, stroppy, wah-wah song. <laughs> I mean, they can be like a love song, like an ode, but I'm just like, please. Okay, you and I must be strange. I guess so. I'm, I'm thinking that you and I are strange. Yeah. Because in the Bible, in the Psalms and the Proverbs and the songs of the Bible, 40% of them are lamentations. Really? Yes. This explains why I'm I don't get it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm really struggling. I'm really struggling with today's Bible study. I have to be honest. It makes. I, you, I'm just. You were hoping to find someone who could give you, shed some light on this. I was. I was. <laughs> no, I don't. Get and my it. wife was trying to explain it in the car, and I'm like, I just don't get it. Look, I'm. This a, is depression. This is depressing. Why me, would I want to fill yeah. my life with something? Give me something happy and joyous. Let me explain something to you, right? You know how yeah. when people go through like breakups and they love listening to the radio, all the sad song comes on, and they cry and they listen to sad music, like on and on. Like, legit, I am the polar opposite. When I went through a breakup, like, no sad music anyway. If a sad song came on, I just switched it off, just switched it off. Like, I'm like, why? Like, it hurts. Why would I keep pushing on the bruise? I want it to get better. I want the pain to go away. So I'm going to listen to happy music and things that cheer me up. Okay, we need to get Shell in here because she understands this and I I don't get it. Um, And she was trying to... I don't. Shell, producer? She's walked out. She's like, I'm not getting on radio and doesn't run out. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand why people lean into it when, it when it hurts. But there must be a place for that and some people out there. And Okay, so what we need is we need you to call up and explain, explain this, this to, to us. us. 1-800-324-843 is the number to call. And uh, we need you to call up, call up and explain this to us so that we can help us to understand what's going on here because Mon and I are obviously freaks of nature and we both happen to be the same kind of freaks of nature yeah, on this particular Yeah, we're happy, go issue. lucky, not interested in being sad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when sad things happen, it's like, well, you know, you deal with it, you uh-huh. move on 
And it's not about forgetting what happened at all. It is a matter of not dwelling on it, dwelling Mm. on the positive rather than the negative. Yeah, 100% agree. Okay, so on that thought, um, (laughs) why don't you read for us? (laughs) Yes, please help us. Please give us, somebody please give us a call. Um, Where are we? Psalms chapter 22. And if you could read for us them on the first eight verses. Psalms 22, first, first eight verses. And while Mon reads this, I want you to imagine one Sabbath in church if your worship leader gets up and sings this song. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night you hear my voice, but I find no relief. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Our ancestors trusted in you and you rescued them. They cried out to you and were saved. They trusted in you and were never disgraced. But I am a worm and not a man. I am scorned and despised by all. Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads saying, Is this the one who relies on the Lord? Then let the Lord save him. If the Lord loves him so much, let the Lord rescue him. Okay, Mon, how how are you feeling right now? I feel like this person's a bit of a drama queen. (laughs) Actually, not a drama queen. This is a um, this is actually a messianic prophecy. Did you oh, know? Really? That? Yeah, yeah. Really? Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, you, you can hear some of the uh, some of the some of the words in this psalm that were actually used uh, on the crucifixion weekend coming through. Oh, really? Hmm. I, do you know? I think maybe this is one of the reasons why I don't like to dwell on sad stuff so much is because to me it has an element of being unrealistic. Like you can even read it in here, even in the first verse where it says, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? What when did Jesus say on the cross, remember? Yeah, I my, will never my God, leave you. My God, why you. have you forsaken me? Yeah, but he also promises that he's never going to leave us or forsake us. So even though we might be feeling abandoned, logically, like realistically, he, he hasn't abandoned us. It's just a phase we're going through. So for me, that's why there's almost no point in saying this. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. And that by giving voice to it, you're you're solidifying or furthering a doubt. Like, do you know? Do, am I making any sense? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Excuse yep, me. Yep. Yeah. It's like he's saying, "Why have you abandoned me?" But the Bible says God would never abandon us. You know, why are you so far when I groan for help? And yet we know that God hears our prayers. You and I are on the same page yeah. on this one, yeah. Um, which is a little bit scary. <laughs> Good one, Lyle. <laughs> <laughs> Whose idea was this? Yeah. Why did they give us this Bible study? <laughs> give it to somebody who actually has some feelings. Has <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> some feelings? <laughs> <laughs> Clearly Lyle and I are cold and heartless and have no feelings. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, goodness me. <clears throat> Okay, so uh, Mon, um, but yeah, think about this. How would you feel if the worship leader um, this church, on, this Sabbath at church got up and uh, or Sunday? Look, I'd uh, be a little bit concerned. I'd be wondering if he was going through a rough patch, maybe a little bit depressed, maybe needed some counselling. Yeah. Okay, why don't you read for us verse 12 through 19? My enemies surround me like a herd of bulls. Fierce bulls of Bashan have hemmed me in. Like lions, they open their jaws against me, roaring and tearing into their prey. It's a bit scary. Keep going. 
My life is poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax melting within me. My strength is dried up like sun-baked clay. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You have laid me in the dust and left me for dead. My enemies surround me like a pack of dogs. An evil gang encloses in on me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. <laughs> Sorry. My enemies stare at me and gloat. They divide my garments among themselves and throw dice for my clothing. Another messianic prophecy right there. That's true. Oh, Lord, do not stay far away. You are my strength. Okay, 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 okay. Stop, stop right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we I, hope this, I hope the whole purpose of this is a contrast. Because, I mean, sure, sometimes you do feel um, absolute rubbish like this description here. You feel like you've been left for dead. Yep, yep. Yeah, and I would hope that the Bible contrasts that these feelings come with aid. But when you feel like absolute rubbish like this, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and this was, you know, some of the discussion I had in preparation for this particular subject was, you know, people who find great comfort in listening to sad songs during uh, times like this. Yeah, I don't get that, sorry. I, I really don't get it. Yeah, no, me either. Maybe, maybe. It's I mean, Shell was just sharing with me on the way in that, you know, there was a. Um, a time fairly recently where there's some stuff going on and she felt really, really sad and she just stayed home from church and, and stayed in bed and cried and uh, and she started listening to some sad songs and started to feel a whole lot better as a result of that. Um, really? And I'm just... I Is don't... It, I'm sorry, I just yeah, don't understand. I don't understand. either. I don't understand. If I listen to sad music, that, that to me that compounds the issue. Like, yeah. It's going to get worse. I need to listen to happy music. But there is something that you and I are missing. Yeah, clearly. Because there is a lot of sad stuff... In the Bible. Is it maybe just uh, a realisation that other people are are feeling the same way? We're not alone in, in that feeling? And if they I don't know. Maybe, it, we need to, maybe we need to get uh, David Helped or someone like that um, on the phone to try and explain this one to us. Somebody, somebody who's a, who's a counsellor. Maybe, maybe our audience has just found out today that we're actually robots. <laughs> <laughs> they forgot to give us a heart, Mon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. So where are we up to? Uh, let's um, let's look at a couple of other. Well, actually, no. Let's look at the balance now because yes, I please. did skip over yeah. some passages here. Um, so now we can read the fill-in bits that go in between the negative bits that we read right here. Um, in fact, you can pick it up from where you were. Why don't you read for us um, you know, verse 20, yeah, 19, 20 and onwards there. O Lord, do not stay far away. You are my strength. Come quickly to my aid. Save me from the sword. Spare my precious life from these dogs. Snatch me from the lion's jaws and from the horns of these wild oxen. I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among your assembled people. Praise the Lord, all who fear him. Honor him, all of you descendants of Jacob. Show him reverence, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not ignored or belittled the suffering of the needy. He has not turned his back on them, but has listened to their cries for help. I will praise you in the great assembly. I will fulfill my vows in the presence of those who worship you. The poor will eat and be satisfied. All all who seek the Lord will praise him. Their hearts will rejoice with everlasting joy. The whole earth will acknowledge the Lord and return to him, all the families of the nations who bow down before him, for royal power belongs to the Lord. He rules all the nations. Let the rich of the earth feast and worship. Bow before him, all you who are mortal, all whose lives will end as dust, for our children will also serve him. 
Future generations will hear about the wonders of the Lord. His righteous acts will be told to those not yet born. They will hear about everything he has done. Feeling better now, Mon? Yeah, much better. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I think, I, do you know, if that's the purpose of a lamentation, to sort of show that people will go through a point of depression, but to show what it is that delivers you, then I'm down for that. Like, I'm cool with that. Like, if... If you're feeling like, you know, everyone's around you, your tongue's sticking to the roof of your mouth and you're laid in the dust and left for dead, like it says here in verse 15, your strength is dried up like sun-baked clay and your heart is like wax melting. Uh, it's good to know that um, the flip side of it, the way out of that out of that darkness is is by following the Lord. Yes. Yeah. And he has never, never left us. He has never forgotten us. Yeah. He has never forsaken us. He is always there for us. Yeah. Verse and 24. The light at the end of the tunnel truly is the light at the end of the tunnel. It's not the headlight of the oncoming train. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he has not ignored or belittled the suffering of the needy, and he has not turned his back on them, but has listened to their cries for help. Like that's, that's you know, if, if having a lamentation in the Bible is to show what God will do, then amen, I'm all for it. Yeah. Okay. I think that's... um. I think that's super relevant, and um, I think it's really, really important. You know that it it doesn't just leave. You know the the, the lamentation doesn't just stop with like everything's bad, everything's falling apart, and I'm in, yeah. in a disaster zone right here. And, and it's so it, a good because thing this is one of the questions I'm like, okay, but is you know because this is one of the things I was asking Shell. You know, you go through an experience like this, and you just want to you know you watch sad movies or listen to sad songs, and then you feel better. But I'm like, but isn't that just wallowing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Wallowing in misery and enjoying being miserable, and I guess do you know what? Maybe there's different kinds of sadness that you can tune into. Like tuning into the lamentations here in Psalms is great because it it brings you out of it. You can see how reading each Psalm, it gets happy and then it gets happy and then it gets happy towards the end. And uh, maybe that's like conditioning you to to cheer up and to trust in the Lord. Whereas maybe sad movies and sad songs that you hear in in secular media might not be. So yeah, oh, I totally, totally, totally agree. And um, I, and I, yeah. I like, I actually like that this is here because, especially now when when mental health is such a massive crisis around the world, uh, this is great to not only show people that you know God is listening when you when you are struggling with depression, anxiety, and mental health issues. He knows what you feel like. It's been well and truly documented in the Bible, and uh, and He can uh, definitely guide you out of there. Okay, so we're getting text messages from our producer mm-hmm. um, who really should be in here on the radio um, sharing yes. uh, her perspective on this. And she's talking about how that, you know, it's not wallowing, it's processing. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, a sad song or something like this, you know, a calling out to the Lord is a way of processing the negative emotions and working through them and getting them out rather than pretending that they don't exist. So pretending they don't exist is dangerous. So uh, maybe you and I uh, pretend they don't Need exist. Therapy. <laughs> yeah, maybe you and I are the ones who need a lot of therapy yeah. here, Mon. It's oh <laughs> like, no, there's nothing wrong. My life's fine. I'm, I'm good. I'm yeah, good. Yeah, don't yeah. worry about me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I've always been very much like that. Yeah, same. Uh, and maybe it's not such a good thing because... Maybe maybe we bottle stuff up. I don't think I bottle stuff up. I don't think so. I think I'd process it. I think put it in the past and look to the future. Yeah. The future and and this is what the thing about the psalm here is the future is bright. Yeah, you can't because God is in control of the future. God is definitely coming. I'm getting a head shake. Yeah, okay. Please give us a call, somebody. Did you, did you ever watch one eight hundred three two four eight four three? Explain to us. Did you ever watch that cartoon? What's that cartoon that Pixar made with all the different emotions and they have like their own? Um, 
it's not called feelings or something, but there's like joy and joy is like the central character. And it's a, it's a story about a little girl and it, it takes you inside her brain. And then all the emotions have like little characters and they're playing inside her brain. You can see sort of, you know, what her feelings What are the doing. functions of each emotion is right, and why right. they're all necessary. And as a kid, you know, joy has the upper hand. She's, um, she's, she's, you know, playing around and having a great time because she's a little kid and she's happy, but then she moves away from her from her hometown and she experiences some sadness. But there's this scene where Joy has to let sadness take over for a bit, and uh, so she can the little girl can process her sad emotions and her conflict. And when I saw that scene, I was like, "No, don't do it, Joy! Don't hand over the reins!" <laughs> I just didn't get it at all. <laughs> Okay, but we're starting to get some text messages now and there's um, a a number of people who are jumping in on Shell's side on this one. And so uh, Hope has texted in. Great, 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 great name right there. Mm -hmm. Um, Shell is right. You need to process listening to sad songs or the blues is needed. I get that we need to process, but I I, I don't understand how listening to depressing music is part of the process. Okay, so let's move on to another aspect of this. And by the way, Mm. um, this is a song that's coming up We've got a song coming up in just a moment. I want to talk about this song. Yeah. Because when I was preparing this piece, this particular subject, and, and, and talking it through with Shell, who's obviously a very different person to me, and that's what uh, makes it work, is um, is, uh, is is some, somebody – when Shell was going through this sad experience, this was one of the sad songs that she listened to that actually made her feel a whole lot better and helped her to deal with that uh, um, particular – um, issue that we were dealing with. Well, we actually have someone who's called in to help us out here, Lyle. Thank Good. goodness. Us, Wonderful. Us optimistic <laughs> people need some help. Uh, welcome to the show, Michael. How are you this morning? Good, thank you. Um, good to be on air with you guys this morning. And I've just been listening and hearing you talking about the Psalms and trying to understand what was going on here. Help us, Michael. Oh, <laughs> uh, look, I, I, I don't know. I've got all the answers. But one thing I can share with you, as a teenager, I used to really struggle with feeling like I couldn't I had, couldn't be honest with God. If I was going through something that I didn't like and I was maybe, you know, wrestling with it, maybe I had feelings, you know, negative feelings about the way God was relating to me, I didn't feel like I could actually tell him about it. Mm. But then I read the Psalms. And for me, um, it actually, I, I read it in all different versions. I could never get it. But for me, it was actually, Eugene Peterson has a, like a paraphrase thing, um, the message. And when I read it, finally I got it and I was like, man, hey, like David is just being brutally honest with how he's feeling. It may not be the reality of the situation, but he's feeling like so depressed and down, but he's being honest with God about it. And all, all the other writers there, they're being honest. And I, I realized, hey, God doesn't mind us being honest about it. If I'm struggling with something, he's, he's quite happy for me to be honest about how I'm feeling about it. And he'll help me out of it, and that's that's what I got out of this. Um, that's um, such yeah, a so. good point. We completely missed that point. I'm getting massive nods coming from the uh, from the producer's dude. office, and and, and <laughs> but that's so true. Like we should never feel afraid to to absolutely. Are you serious right now? Our producer's crying. Um, <laughs> and Lyle and I are like... What? Deeply affected by what you've just shared, Michael. Yeah. Deeply affected but by it. But it is absolutely true. Like, no matter how you're feeling, God is a God who will listen no matter, like, how deep or depressing or, or, or just anguished you are. That is definitely, that is certainly true. We missed that completely, Michael. And, Thank you so much for calling and to be able to And to be able to, like, it's just so healing to know that you don't have to hide how you're really feeling from God. You can tell him. You need to realize that, you know, it doesn't mean that we're not just, you know, he's still his king of the universe, but he, um, he, he doesn't mind us being honest with him and he actually encourages us to be honest how we're feeling. And that's, yeah, it was really healing for me anyway. 
That is fantastic, Michael. Thank you so much for sharing. Shitting some light. Um, yeah. We've got Hope texting in again, that, and she says, you need to let your sadness out so that you can be yourself again. Well, that's interesting. I never, I never thought about that. And, and maybe this comes in with you know what Michael was talking about, about being you know brutally honest. Mm. Maybe when we're sad, we don't like to tell God that we're sad. Yeah, yeah, because we don't like to feel it, really. This is, well, this he's, is, he's meant to have all the solutions for us, then if we've got him, we should never feel this way as a temptation to feel. Um, but, yeah. In a real anyway, world... Yeah, in, in, in a real yeah. world, Michael, where, you know, in, in a world of humanity, we have... Uh, bad things are going to happen. Yeah. Um, and we need to be able to deal with those when they come along. If anyone else is crying like our producer is right now and has been touched by what uh, we've shared here this what, morning. No, what Michael had to share. Yeah. Well, <laughs> had my, nothing my, to do with what you and I were saying. Yep. Nope. Oh, anyone else wants to maybe uh, help shed a light so that robots like Lyle and myself can understand, give us a call. Uh, 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. Who would have thought, Lyle, when we started this segment, there was going to be an education for you and me? The educating of Lyle and Mon. Okay, so this is Rise Up, a sad song that my wife um, was greatly encouraged by on a sad day. Based on the Lamentations. Yeah, have a listen. For the lonely and forgotten For the weary
Bifrost Arts with Rise Up. You're listening to Faith FM, and we are talking about lamentations and sad songs. Have you actually like full on read and studied out the Book of Lamentations? I have read the Book of Lamentations a couple of times. Never done a study on it. Maybe I should do a sermon on it. It, it there are two verses from it that feature in one of my sermons. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Which ones? Um, uh, chapter two, verse twenty-ish. Something what does like that say? Um, if you're happy, you know what, clap your hands. Where about my Bible? Oh, my Bible's sitting right in front of me. Let me read them to you um, because they were they're kind of um, yeah important. Let me see. Where are we? I love the fact that the 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 study that we've had so far on the show that you and I have struggled with the most has been the one where people have been calling up and <laughs> texting us, helping us out with. Yeah, things. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've needed it needed for sure. Um, and you know, if you've got some thoughts on this, don't give us. Don't don't don't. Don't avoid giving us a call. Give us a call right now. It's mm-hmm. been it's been fan- fantastic. Um, the Bible says her gates are sunk into the ground. He has destroyed, broken her bars. Her king and her princes are among the Gentiles. The law is no more, and the, her prophets also find no vision from the Lord. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, in my sermon, it's like, well, um, the law and the prophets go together. It's mm-hmm. a very theological approach to a very emotional. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's see, see, this is what I do. Whenever it comes to something that's touchy and feely, I always turn it into theology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe there is something desperately wrong with with us, and um, maybe there is because I'm not really good with romance either. Right. I remember how last week you asked, but you me, must like romance because yeah, I'm not it like opposed to it. But as, as soon as it gets like too sappy, I'm like, ugh, yuck. I can remember how last week you were asking me about... Um, people not- loving that song, by the way. Yeah, people are saying it's a very touching song. Um, you asked me whether or not I like people singing at me, like singing happy birthday. Some people get uncomfortable when people sing happy birthday at them, and you asked me about it, and I, I shared with you that my ex-boyfriend uh, used to write songs uh, for me <clears throat> and about me and sing them to me, and it made me dreadfully uncomfortable to the point where I would like was like, babe, I'm just going to sit on the ground and face away from you so I can really sort of... Uh, dwell on the song and, and just, you know, really experience it without having to look at you. But really, I was making an excuse so I wouldn't have to look at him while he sang to me. And it just makes me really uncomfortable. Maybe it's the same feel. Like, I can't handle too much romance. <laughs> I can't handle too, too many of these lamentation-y things. Yeah, and, and I think this is the thing. You know, every person is different. Every person um, deals with their issues differently. 
Um, and, you know, it's that kind of variety that makes our world interesting. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, we don't, everybody doesn't have to be like everybody else, but we do have to be able to, um, to deal with stuff. Mm-hmm. And if, uh, if something is working for you, then great. And if it's not, then um, find something that does work. Yeah, either that or Lara Dahl broken. Yeah, it could. This could be just you, a you know uh, one of those Bible studies where you're finding out that um, you might have your breakfast show hosts are very broken people. A psychopath. Uh, look, do you know? I I just want to counter what I've been saying about you know the fact that I don't like dwelling on sad stuff when I'm sad. Um, like through the the most difficult parts of my life. Um, you know, these times when I would, would actively avoid listening to the radio so I didn't have to hear anything sad and that kind of a thing. Um, I did, like, I'm, I didn't ignore, I didn't do nothing. I created, like, an action plan to help me deal with what I was going through. And my action plan um, involved um, uh, exercise, uh, turning to God, lots of prayer and Bible study. And one of the biggest things my action plan included was helping other people. And I threw myself into service because it's through helping other people that you can gain some perspective. It's one of the most therapeutic things you can do. Absolutely. And you can really gain perspective on your own problems when you're helping someone else with theirs. And you can see, do you know what? This person is going through so much more than I am. Um, I actually have a lot to be grateful for. And it is through helping others heal that I was healed. And uh, and so I don't want people to think that I just bottled everything up because I didn't. I was like extremely German about it. I was like, right, here's the list. Let's do this. Let's get it done. And I was just keen to get through the other side. I just mm, wanted to get mm. through this, you know, the heartbreak that I was that I was experiencing. I just I was just eager for it to be over. Yeah. So yeah. Absolutely. Different people, different methods, I suppose. Anyway, a couple of other issues that we need to deal with as we're working through these psalms and sad songs and lamentations. One of the things that uh, Michael brought out when he called in was, you know, how David is being brutally honest with God, and it's right and appropriate to be brutally honest with God. Absolutely. You know, God says, come now and let us reason together. Um, and so we we don't ever have to hold back from God and pretend like, yeah, you know, everything's okay, I'm good. You know, we don't have to do that with God. Yeah, no. Uh, we don't actually have to do that with anybody. But we particularly don't have to do it with God, and that's what Psalms is all about, mm. really. You know, mm-hmm. and and these sad songs. That's and and they're not songs of hopelessness, as we read. You know, because you have this movement where they everything's terrible and everything's going wrong, and everything's like oh, so you know, awful, and and uh, going through this terrible experience. But I have a God who is a God of judgment, and this is something that you will find coming out in Psalms a lot as well is the theme of judgment. It comes up over and over and over and over again. Do you like being judged, Mon? Nope. Nobody does. Yeah. But right the way through Psalms, you find judgment, you know, people pleading, calling, imploring for God to bring judgment. Mm, you do. You And why is that? You know, why would people want to be judged? I guess because it brings justice. That's right. So, for instance, if you think about it this way, let's say that somebody has stolen your most precious possession. Mm. And let's say that it has been missing for a long, long time and they get caught and it goes to court and judgment is going to take place. Do you want that court case to happen? Yeah, absolutely. So that you can get your possessions back Uh to determine whether or not that belongs to you or it belongs to them? Yeah, absolutely. I want that. You really, really want that court case to happen so that you can get your things back. Yeah, it makes total sense. Yeah, and and that's that's what's taking place here. And you can see on the media, like <clears throat> every time, 
<clears throat> sorry, every time you have like you know um, some sort of tragedy, and you'll see the family of victims just clamoring for justice. And the campaign. That's right. They justice. want judgment. Yep. When yep. you are innocent, you want judgment. Yep. And if you, then this is the great thing with God. You know, if you're not innocent and you're scared of judgment, then go to God, accept the blood of Jesus Christ, invite the Holy Spirit into your heart, and God will make you innocent. He will forgive you of your sins. And then judgment becomes a really, really good thing. Mm, that's right. It's something that you're going to implore God for. Okay, but why should we plead with God? Here's a, here's, a, here's a very valid question. Why should we plead with God? God knows the end from the beginning. God knows every circumstance. He knows our needs. He can answer our prayers before we even ask them. So why should we ask? Why shouldn't we ask, Delilah? Why shouldn't we plead with God? Let me counter your question with a question. Yeah, well, because I'll tell you why we shouldn't. Why? He already knows what we need. Why? Just just have faith. Leave it to God. Don't don't go asking God, yeah, begging. But, but, why, why go begging to God? But the Bible tells us that we should... um. You know, seek and you shall find. You know, ask and the door shall be. You know, knock and the door shall be opened. And and with all your heart, yeah. And, and we're invited. Like he encourages us to to chase after him, to plead, to to ask. There's a thought here that I'd like to delve into a little bit, and that is this: when it comes to prayer and asking God for things, and even asking God over and over and over and over again, and you know, often we'll say, "Hey, look, this is a desperate circumstance. We need all the prayers we can get." You know, does the volume of prayer motivate God? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say no. Okay. Because I'm going to say God loves us and he already is motivated. And you can't motivate him any more than he already is to save us. But I'm going to say this. um, And that is in the great controversy, Satan claims to be the ruler of this world, right? Mm -hmm. And when God comes down here and intervenes... Satan stands up and says, no, you can't intervene here because I rule this world and you have given me space for a certain amount of time to show what my system is like, so butt out of my space. Mm-hmm. But when we pray, and the more we pray, the more argument God has to say, I'm actually here by request. That's right, yeah. And by the way, I'm here by a lot of requests Right now, everybody wants the same thing. So, Satan, you can butt out of this one because I am here by special request. This is Anna Beden. Hope, patience, and prayer. Lift your head, little one. Lift your eyes to see the sun. Lift your heart and burden so. your head, little one, lift your eyes to see the sun, lift your heart and burden soul, oh rejoice in
Are you looking for a way to turn your life experience into an enriching gift for helping those around you? A counselling degree at Avondale College of Higher Education could provide you a great foundation to assist others through life's difficulties. Study in a personalised environment alongside a fantastic support network and community on our Lake Macquarie campus. Apply to study counselling today at counselling.avondale.edu.au. It's higher education designed for life. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. I've walked among the shadows, you wiped my tears away. And I felt the pain of heartbreak And I've seen the brighter days And I've prayed prayers to heaven From my lowest place And I have held your blessings God, you give and take away No matter what I have, your grace is enough And no matter where I am, I'm standing in your love On the mountains I will bow my life to the one who sent me there In the valley I will lift my eyes to the one who sees me there When I'm standing on the mountain I didn't get there on my own When I'm walking through the valley I know I am not alone Your God of the hills and valleys My dreams get broken In you I hope again No matter what I know I'm safe inside your hands On the mountains I will bow my life To the one who set me there In the valley I will lift my eyes To the one who sees me there When I'm standing on the mountain I didn't get there
You're listening to Torin Wells, Hills and Valleys. Oh, here love on that song. Faith Got FM. me one of my favourite tracks. Really? Seriously. I love it so much I bought it, downloaded it off iTunes. There you go. Very I nice. own that sucker. Lyle, time for question of the day. Oh, let me hit it with one last clue for the quiz. Um, it is a what book am I quiz uh, this morning for our breakfast Bible quiz. Uh, the prize is still up for grabs and this is our next clue. This book is about a runaway slave who was born again and is not returning to his master. Mm, is not returning? You is read that re- wrong. No, I'm not. I didn't. This book is about a runaway slave see the, who was born see. again and is not returning to his master. Let me see that card. Number three. Number three. Born again. Ooh. The clue is wrong. No, you're overthinking it. No, I'm not. He's got no plans to return to his slave he master. He is now returning. It should read. When the book is written, he is now returning. Okay, fine. There you go. You just love it when you're right and the print is I wrong. I do. Yeah, yeah, it's yes, a good feeling, isn't it? It's good it? to be right. Anyway, it's time for our question of the day, Lyle. Today's a good one. Mm-hmm. If Jesus takes us to heaven at the second coming, why does the Bible say that this planet is our home? Oh, that's a very good question. The Bible says that blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. In fact, that is a concept that you'll find throughout the Bible, where the Bible says that this world is our home, and this world is our inheritance. Um, this is this is the, this is the place that we are to live for eternity. And so, because of that, many people have sort of read, you know, about the second coming of Jesus, and they've con- concluded that when Jesus comes back, no, he's not taking us to heaven; he simply comes back to this earth. And then we have a thing called the millennium, and then we have eternity. But the problem is that the millennium is not really any different from eternity. So why have a millennium, a thousand-year period, and then eternity? What is the purpose for the millennium? What is the purpose for that thousand-year? Period. Okay, so the important thing to note that is in relationship to the millennium or the thousand years is that it begins with the second coming of Jesus, and the second coming of Jesus comes with the promise that Jesus is coming to this earth to take us to heaven to be with him. You'll find that in uh, John, Gospel of John, chapter 13, uh, verse 33, excuse me, through John chapter 14, uh, verse 1 to 4. So that little passage there is going to show you that when Jesus comes back, I've got the hiccups happening here. <laughs> Let's see if we can get through this question of the day. Uh, but you can see that when Jesus comes back, uh, he is going to take us to heaven. We also note that the 1,000 years is separated by two resurrections. The Bible says the rest of the dead, i.e. the wicked, did not live again until the 1,000 years were finished. There is a resurrection of life according to the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verse 28, 29, and there is a resurrection of damnation. Resurrection of life takes place at the beginning of the 1,000 years. When Jesus comes back, resurrection of damnation takes place at the end of that 1,000 years. And what you find at the end end of the thousand years is that the new Jerusalem comes down from God out of heaven, Revelation chapter 21 and verse 2, and lands on this earth. And then, of course, you have uh, the wicked who surround the city, capture the city, take uh, think they're going to take the city, but God destroys uh, the wicked and uh, the thousand years comes to an end, eternity begins. And, of course, the purpose for the thousand years is, a, is, a, is another stage, I guess you could say, of, of the judgment period. 
And so, in a nutshell, that's about a one-hour presentation on that particular subject. And so, it is from the end of the 1,000 years forward that this earth becomes our home. In fact, the Bible gives us this great promise. I'm going to read it for you in Revelation 21 and verse 1 to describe what God does to our earth. Because you'll remember that during the plagues, this earth is destroyed. The elements melt with fervent heat. The entire earth, uh, 2 Peter 3 Verse 10 says, is burned up, there is nothing left. And it says in Revelation 21 verse 1, I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. God is going to recreate our home uh, to be an amazing place to live. If you have a question, give us a call now. Our number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. Stay tuned. This is Alan Jackson when we all get to heaven. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus, sing His mercy and His grace. In the mansions bright and blessed, He'll prepare for us a place. When we all, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will rejoicing be. That will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Onward to the prize before us, soon His beauty will behold. Soon the pearly gates will open, we shall tread the streets of gold. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Welcome back, everybody. That was Alan Jackson with When We All Get to Heaven here on Faith FM. We have come to the end of our show. I'm going to hit with a quick one last clue for our quiz this morning. Ooh, you love to be Final, fast. what book am I? What book of the Bible? Paul wrote this book about Onesimus, or as Lyle likes to say, Onesimus. <laughs> give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. If you know the answer, you can win the prize. Also, give us a call now because the first person to call through is going to get our free giveaway today. And I thought it might be funny if we gave a book called Be Exultant, like Lyle and I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this book yeah, we kind of missed the whole point of today's Bible study. But anyway. This is actually an Old Testament study uh, on Psalms 90 to 150. Ooh. Uh, it's called Be Exultant, Praising God for His Mighty Works. It's written, uh, written by Warren W. Worsby. And uh, it's an incredible book. There's over four millions of this, uh, uh, copies of this book in print. Uh, it's a, just a beautiful devotional guide, prayer book, and hymnal um, of the people of God. So this book right here. Get it now. We have one copy of it left. Um, beautiful study on Psalms 90 to 150. So our number, of course, is 1-800-8... Sorry. 1-800-324-843. Uh, that's 1-800-FAITH-FM. Uh, first person can snap that up for themselves. If you would like to learn more about the Bible, it's also the same number to call. Uh, we can set you up with some terrific Bible studies. You can really enrich your life and your understanding with them. Absolutely. So give us a call now. 
And uh, of course, don't forget, we love your company in the morning. So tune in for The Breakfast Show each morning, each weekday morning for Lyle and Mon. We would love to join you for this part of the day. Where are you now when darkness seems to win? Where are you now when the world is crumbling? Oh, I, I, I hear you say. 